The following podcast is a live recording of a radio show first broadcast by Fresh FM with assistance from New Zealand On Air. Fresh FM is a community access media station based in Te Tauihu, the top of the South Island, New Zealand. Welcome to the Drive Alive show here on Fresh FM. My name is Stephen Tanner. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. And we are the show that likes to talk about transport matters. Things driving, things cycling, things biking. And indeed today, possibly a bit of things racing. More of that later. Thank you to NPD Fuels for sponsoring us. Do take advantage of their petrol stations dotted around the region with the red, white and blue logo. It'll be very hard to find good value fuel, but not hard at NPD Fuel stations. So thank you to them again for sponsoring our show. So tonight... We are doing another one of our interviews uh, of people involved in the transport sector. And I'm very pleased because I've been trying to get hold of this guy for a long time. Uh, but he's kindly agreed to come on the show tonight. Uh, and he is Mr. Gary Adcock. Welcome to the show, Gary. Thank you. Thank you for coming. So... You, I was going to say, I was saying before the show, you're probably uh, Mr. Kohatu Park, but that's really not your formal title, but that's what you're very much involved in. So do tell us uh, a little bit about Kohatu Park and what it is and what you do. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm the chairperson for the Kohatu Park Trust and the uh, Incorporated Society that uh, supports that. So... Um, We've got a property um, in the Tapawera area, um, in the west branch of the Stanley Brook, actually, and um, that's about 200 hectares of, of land, which uh, wow. a lot of it can be used for um, all sorts of activities. And I guess our concept was to uh, make that available for people and groups and sports that uh, didn't have a home to go to, so things that make lots of noise because um, we're sort of surrounded by forest and um, no neighbours to annoy. So nice. That's pretty much the, the concept of it. And, um, yeah, we're, we're in the process of um, sort of developing it. We've got a, a pretty good... Um, conceptual plan with uh, lots and lots of activities planned for there um, and we've I guess been slowly working away chewing through some of the resource consent conditions to um, 
that were put in place particularly to do with the access to um, make it available so that clubs and people can come and right. use it. Because I guess um, Tasman Council can't get many applications for a sort of race circuit and driving circuit, so it, ha- it must be all new to them in terms of how do they handle it as well. And Yeah, well, it was quite some years ago now that um, we applied for the consent and the council... Um, looked at it and they well, their officers decided to support it. I guess they came up I think in their final statement to the commissioners that heard it um, was that you know if you couldn't have a motorsport park an adventure park like we'd um, had the concept for, if you couldn't have it on that property you'd never have one anywhere Right, so you've got a really good spot for it where it um is both presumably geographically for the park itself, but also, like you said, for um, out of the way and constraining the noise. And yeah, basically, it's probably forty um, k's, sort of. I guess from Nelson to to the property. Well, actually, from Richmond, I think. So probably a bit further oh, yeah. from Nelson. Okay, so tell us tell us a little about about the concept for what what could be happening or what's already happening there and what what you'd love to see happening there in the future yeah okay so we've so far i guess um most of of the trust's um efforts have been in making the access safe and um we've done so um, i suppose the the most expensive project um was the intersection upgrade of the mochuaca highway and oliver's road um it was the first consent condition and um that was about a seven hundred thousand dollar project uh which the tdc um helped us with about half of the funding for that so and that that's an that's literally an entrance off the the road that's just a junction Yes, that, that's correct. We 700 had, grand for us. We had to lower the um, the height that had a, a slight crest in the road as you headed from the Kahu Caf towards Tapawera. All right. And that affected the sight visions at the ability of cars pulling out of the ah. intersection to see other cars coming down ah, the road. Right. Okay. That was when it was a 100k zone, I suppose. When we finished the job and um, had it all sorted, about six months later they changed the speed to 80, and which would have meant we didn't have to do oh, that no. work at all. <laughs> Never mind. It's Never mind. a lot safer um, yeah. for that part of the access. So we're, we've um, sort of established fire breaks and things along the side to, oh, make, yeah. to make that safe. Um, it's not fully open to the public yet, but the uh, clubs um, are accessing it. So particularly the car club, they, they're um, using it once a month. They have um, an autocross on, on a track about a kilometre long, which they built on the okay. on the site. So that's pretty effective. They've been running that for a couple of years now. So for those who don't know what autocross is, can you just give a brief description of what is, is that on yeah, so auto track and autocrosses are normally run on like a grass surface or something um, that's... Um, I guess they could run on seal, but they, but they're normally just one car at once going right. around a, a series of of corners, um, and yeah, they usually time the cars. So obviously, trying to get okay. the best time yep. you can. So with our, our um, park, the car club have managed to um, build a permanent track, which. Um, 
obviously uh, is a sort of a gravel surface at the moment and they're yeah, doing pretty well on that. I think they have 30 to 40 competitors every month and yeah, when they had their number. big two-day meeting every November, so they've just had one recently, they, uh, I think they had 63 competitors this year, similar number last right. year. So those, some of those would be coming out of region, presumably, would they? Yeah, yeah. Last, not last, this year, but the year before, they had Hayden Patton. Um, I've heard down. of him. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> wow. So he came and did uh, some demo runs in, in, in both his cars. Um, yeah, so there's... Um, yeah, quite a few Blenheim competitors and Christchurch ones sort of come to the region for, for that event. Okay, so you've got the autocross circuit at the moment then, and uh, what else <coughs> or, or what else is planned? There's also a motocross uh, track there, which um, a few private people have um, been and used that over um, the last couple of years. Uh, but the clubs haven't really got in behind that to um, develop or promote it. Oh, okay. But the facility is, is there. Right. So, so yeah, motocross. Um. Yep. So I guess the, basically we've, um, well, it, there's a tar-sealed um, circuit designed in the concept plan. Um, nothing has been constructed for that yet, right. but that includes a, a drag strip and, oh. and um, about four kilometres of um, road which links onto that. So, um, obviously, when we start to build that, it'll be probably the drag strip and a smaller length of That's return road right. to, to give a starting um, sort of a track. Right. So, I mean, would would you sort of love to see something like Highlands or, or whatever where you eventually get some competitive racing coming there? Or what, what sort of vehicles or bikes or... Yep. You know, that's exactly, um, I guess, the high. But we actually had our concept plan done before Highlands came on the scene. Is that right? Wow. Mm, So I guess um, I think Dave McLeod designed a lot of it. (coughs) He had the idea of a museum overlooking the track and stuff, which is Ah, pretty much what Highlands have got. So I don't don't know if they copied him or just came up with the same idea. But it's obviously you could use bikes, cars. Right. Anything around that um, once once the, the tar seals down. Nice. So lots, half of the, um, the farm sort of divided by an access road right through the middle of it going across the valley and um, uh, the south, which is the upstream sort of part of the valley, is for adventure sports. So um, ah. there's... In the concept plan, there's a, a cafe and um, restaurant, some sort of Kiwi cabin accommodation, a caravan park type right. for people to competitors to stay at, and then a, a big um, area which is a hay paddock at the moment for festivals, so people could oh ha- yeah, of have, course, yeah, yeah, um, outdoor concerts and shows and that sort of no, that's, that's thing. That's and then course. yeah, that's another advantage of your location then from the sound point of view because uh, that, yes, that's yeah, your, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I guess um, and and not quite as far away as the top of the Tark Hill, I guess for that no, type of thing. That's true. That is also true, and good for um, Tapawera nearby as well, just down the road. <coughs> so part of the um, 
properties on the um, base of a, a hill or, or ridge so that lends itself for a lot of um, gravity activities as well so there was sort of luges and um, all sorts oh, of yeah. downhill trolleys and non-motorised sports um, in the concept plan Yeah uh, I definitely put a vote in for the luge because our nearest one is what Queenstown would it be? Yeah must Queenstown and Rotorua are the two uh, ones that spring to mind. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess there's um, plenty of opportunity there. We've basically sort of left the door open for um, anybody with any ideas for that sort of thing right. to, to come on board. So uh, this, uh, you know, this sounds like a, a major sort of concept and development and must be a huge, uh, a huge light labour of love. What, what got you wanting to do it and what got you into it well i guess um ever since i was a teenager i I was pretty keen on um motor vehicles and and um the opportunity to skid the wheels if you like Uh, (laughs) i guess in my day you could take your old car down to the back beach at tahuna and of course yeah on the the beach do a bit of drifting or skid around um but that sort of got squashed for the generations after me uh, you know yep. they had to protect the crabs and things yeah i think the next generation moved out to um atawai and the, the the sort of the sand area out ah, out there yeah. by the um sewer treatment ponds but that's also um yeah been been locked yep. off i think for you have, people you have to, to go to 90 mile beach now or something <laughs> if you want to drive on one presumably yeah, well, so i i think i always sort of thought that um young people you know didn't have a chance to um express themselves in, in a vehicle at somewhere where it was safe to do that so consequently oh. i suppose you you see some silly acts on the road which don't need to happen if, if we give them somewhere to yeah no to that's go. interesting because that was that was kind of my that i was going to just ask you that question but you've kind of already answered it i I'll get myself into trouble here, but sometimes I almost feel sorry for the boy races, well, and the girl races, and because they they don't have an outlet, and you know they obviously like driving and they like their cars and they like to show off or improve their skills or put them to all the use that they see in the adverts on the internet and everything else, but there's nowhere for them to do that legally and safely. So to have somewhere like your place in terms of raising the driving standards and giving them an outlet and honing their skills not honing their skills well yeah honing their skills as well but in a safe environment yes yeah that well that that was um one of the drivers for it i guess the um uh, you know my background um particularly in the last 10 or so years is i've um done a lot of work with civil construction industry particularly in the training side of things Right. So since um, selling my construction business, um, I stayed involved in, in doing that. And I, I, one of the concepts, I suppose, in building the park is that you could make um, the f- whole thing a facility for training, not only for driver training and yep. and yep. letting people express themselves like you're talking about, but also um, to actually get involved in like the construction building so people Ah, operating machines um graders diggers trucks doing drainage roading that sort of thing would all develop the park and 
provide um, experience for for young people who might want to take that up as a career. So um, yeah, no, and a really good apprenticeship on lots of different skill sets. I guess they'd need for all the things you're talking about to put those into place. You know. Yeah, so I guess right. it's. Um, I've had a few meetings with. Um, the local um, contractors or, or New Zealand contractors or civil cons- contractors that, and the Polytech but um, between them, two of them and they never seem to be able to um, get something concrete formatted uh, ah. and I guess it's probably not all their um, issue because the government's been changing a lot of the the training sort of set up yes, quite a bit true. That's true, the apprenticeships and uh, stuff. But, well, who knows? There might be opportunities for the future, maybe, to get involved in in that. So so, it, so that that's sort of behind your vision, then. It's, it's something you uh, kind of like to do and that, that the facilities aren't there. Yeah, well, I guess so much the ground's there. We've probably got the machinery. It's just a matter of the mm, putting it into some formal... Um, process that uh, people can get a qualification out of uh, I guess is the the thing to do but um, yeah I guess it's hard to make um, headway on that sort of thing um, with the I guess central government having sort of um, their ideas on, on how things should be set up they don't unless you were a set yourself up as a, as a training provider you wouldn't oh, be right, able to yeah. offer that sort of thing which yeah. is maybe why the polytech or another institution could could um come on board and yeah and sort that yeah because you might be able to do an apprenticeship schemes and and provide for that but so so what are what are what are what are the next steps then for for you in in realizing the vision because this this must be must be like pushing stuff uphill a lot of times with all the things that you must have to yeah, well, fight well, your way through. I guess um, probably for the next two to three years we'll probably um, just be slowly developing sort of off-road activities up there as much as we can um, and, and sort of improving the access in, in to the place. Um, mainly it's funding's probably the... the um, why that's not doing anything major until that time yeah. and I guess yeah we've sort of have got the um, I, I guess budgeted sort of for that time frame to be able to put some more uh, capital into the project Okay, yeah. Cause Unl- unless we win lotto or someone comes <laughs> along to so help So if anybody's out. got a winning ticket but yeah <laughs> I want to donate. Um, yeah, because I was just thinking that. I mean, how many in in the South Island in terms of racing tracks or similar? There's, I mean, there's well, there's there's the one down Queenstown way, isn't there? There's the Highlands sort of thing, and there's you got Tiratonga at Invercargill, oh, yeah, levels at Timaru, Ruapuna at Christchurch. Oh, so the bottom Ruapuna. of the South Island's pretty catered for. Yeah, but from Christchurch north. That's it. There's nothing in Blenheim or, no. or Nelson. No. Is there anything in Wellington Way? So where would they go? Um, well, Manfield, I suppose, is a bit further, slightly oh, further yeah, up. Sort of then you've got Taupo, yeah, that's Pukakaui, which is closing. 
Ah. And um, uh, okay. um, Hampton Downs, I suppose, is oh, the course, Downs, perhaps yeah. the replacement for that one. Yeah. Because um, I know, obviously, in I mean, this is just a winter thing, but in winter, Queenstown open up some of their um, higher roads around the mountain, don't they, for a sort of snow ice driving and stuff? I think just for. Yeah, um, I think there's a private farm, the snow park, they call it. Snow park, and, that's and that's right. Yeah. Um, they, yeah, they do testing in that down there for um, vehicles. Oh, that's right, yeah. So I don't think we could ever supply snow for no, that sort no. of testing, but <laughs> we um, have had pretty positive sort of discussions with the likes of the police. They were Often. very keen if we get established with a proper track um, yeah. to drive to do a training and drive stuff. a training. Yeah, and no, stuff. that's true. Yeah, I'd like I'd I'd love to have a go on like an autocross that sort of went, you know, the ones that do tarmac for half of it or a third yeah. of it, and then go gravel or dirt, and then back on top. That would be great fun. Rally cross, I think. Rally cross, that that's the word. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, fun so the do. car club have got plans to um, yeah develop a, a track, Ooh. whether it's part of the one they've got going or whether, or it's a new one. Not quite sure yet, but um, that's in in their plans. Yeah, well, 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 I'd definitely vote for that. That and the luge, please. Well, we'll have those right. two. <laughs> um, okay, so I mean, you'd like you said you'd like to sort of get going with those things over the next two or three years. So, what? How are you looking for help from sponsors or um, you know businesses or um, pl- all sorts <coughs> of bodies that might well, want to? I guess. Um, We've hired a uh, professional company to um, come up with a, a, a fundraising um, plan right, and program, right. and um, that required getting the two councils on board to recognise it as a regional facility. And yeah, we haven't had much success with the Nelson Council, so that's been sort of the handbrake on that side of things. Um, Come on, Nick. And we've really just had to soldier on by ourselves. The TDC have certainly supported us and come on board with that intersection project. So, um, yeah, that's been good. But um, I'm not sure with the new mayor, Nick Smith, um, we haven't uh, approached him, letting him settle in a wee bit. But uh, (laughs) we didn't make much headway with the the old um, crew. Okay. I think... There's a bit of historical um, tit-for-tat between the two councils um, right. where TDC didn't support Nelson City on something they thought was worth doing. So oh dear. They, they sort of oh play this game of, uh, of yeah, picking carefully what they Well, on, on the positive on. side, I remember they, Mr... Sorry, Dr. Dr. Smith was talking more about on roading issues anyway working with more closely with tasman district council on especially where the roads sort of you know they were shared transit ways and stuff so might might be a might be a new might be some opportunities there yep oh fingers crossed fingers crossed fingers crossed indeed so that would be yeah so that would be and to have that as a facility for the region and to bring in tourism and all sorts of activities that sounds because we there's, there's nothing like that at the yeah moment. yep we had um for the consent we certainly had a um positive um economic report prepared for it and um 
I think it was the equivalent of 47 full-time jobs that right. the, the park would, or the development of the park would, would bring right. on board. And, um, yeah, some quite big figures um, annually for the region. Yeah. Okay, and who knows? It could be the next Hayden um, to, to be to learn her or his uh, techniques there once 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 it's it's going full flight and stuff yeah i guess nelson's produced quite a few good drivers um jason richards all right uh, he, he got to the um the supercars in australia i think and did quite well um unfortunately had got diagnosed with cancer and um uh-huh. passed away before he reached his uh, potential there yeah, i think that's a shame yeah and and there's been yeah I guess several other other drivers that have done really well over the years. Well, yeah. So I wish you all the best with um, Kahatu Park, and that would be great. And if anybody actually, if anybody wants to sort of ask anything about how they can get involved or help, or whether there's a membership club or a stuff, what where, where should they get in contact with you? Um, well, if they go to the Facebook and search it on Facebook, I'm not much of a a person for the um, IT or um, that sort of thing, but uh, it's set up on Facebook and there's okay. also a website, so you can get the information to um, right, yeah, to where to register and put your put your name, become a member of the society, and you'll get um, information circulated. Okay, so that's that just look up Kahatu Park then on the Facebook or website and register interest and see what's going on and how maybe you can get involved especially yep. if you've got a winning lottery ticket <laughs> or or happen to head up i don't know new zealand rallying or bmw new zealand or something and might want to build a whole test track for the cars who knows who knows just as long just as long as i can have the rally cross just as long as i can have that i already want to have a go at that um well we're going to ask you what if you had a mode of transport then that you'd like to go testing out in Kahatu Park, what would it be? Bike, car, V8, something? Um, well, I, I suppose I'd like to test them all, really. <laughs> not, not one in particular. Okay. I, I do a little bit of mountain bike riding, so there's some mountain bike tracks um, oh, yeah. that have been in the design course, mountain bike tracks, concept. Yeah. Um yeah, so so anything from biking to two wheels or four wheels, really, probably more the four wheels than the two wheels. Okay, well we're go- we're going to ask you a few questions now about your um, four wheeled and maybe two wheeled history and stuff and what what you've got on. So you're obviously um, pretty interested in things wheeled. How how what kind of sparked your interest? In that, oh, I guess um, as a, a young primary school child, I grew up in an orchard. So um, you know, since I was about eight, I drove the tractor. I ah. don't know whether that would be allowed by WorkSafe nowadays for people yeah. to start at that age, but um, I'd drive it from our house to um, park it at the packing shed. For the people to use and go to school on the bus every day, and and this, um, this is operating clutches and stuff on 
yeah, yeah. And I used eight, to, eight, nine years old. Okay. I used to show off to the friends by doing wheel stands with it. But, um, <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Dad was too impressed. <laughs> it's such a shame YouTube wasn't around there because I would like to see that. That would have been uh, quite something. Yeah, and I guess from there, um, yeah, I pretty much. Well, the day I turned fifteen, I got my license, yep. and um, and then um, yeah, I guess I wasn't home much after that. <laughs> You were just nicking the parents' car sort of thing. Or had you got your own by then? Um, yeah, it wasn't long after that. I think I, I got my first car. Right, and, and that was? It was an incredibly powerful um, 1952 low-light Morris Minor, 850 side belt. <laughs> Morris Minor, <laughs> nice one. Quite a few people started on You're not the first one to start on a Morris Minor. I'm sure I've interviewed somebody else who started on a Morris Minor. Mine was purple with a black roof and a little road runner drawn on the back of it. Purple. That doesn't sound like a standard Morris colour to me. <laughs> no, I think it had been a bit modified before I got it, but it, it um, served me well. Okay. And and how many times did you crash it, or nearly crash it? Um, I think the only... I got a dent in the left-hand um, mudguard one night when it was very dark and... Um, I was heading home, and at that yeah, that time, the roadwork signs weren't quite the fluorescent orange they were now, and um, it was like a a little a frame, very low to the ground, and back on it was completely black, and I managed to not see it, and um, and dented the a slight dent in the mudguard. That was about the only um, incident That's I can re- good. recall with That's that car. Pretty good, and it was your car, so. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a whole other thing if you dent your dad's car, then it's... Yes. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. Um, so I'm guessing first time pass off the driving test. Ah, yeah, yeah, didn't have much issue there. I think um, it was a few months or six months or more later that I um, went for my motorcycle licence, actually. Um, All right. Um, that was even easier, actually. You had to go with a policeman at the time, and I'd booked in a lunchtime appointment, and I had a little wee sort of a big wheeled scooter, fifty cc right machine, and um, I was driving to the police station and had to turn off Collingwood Street into Bridge Street, I, I think, and um, come whipping around the corner there reasonably fast because I was late. And when I got there, uh, the policeman came out um, and asked me what I was there for and told him I was there to get my motorcycle licence. And, and yep. he said, oh, you're in a bit of a hurry going around that corner. <laughs> and uh, he said, obviously, you know how to ride, but you need to slow down. So um, he didn't <laughs> even take me outside for a test. He just wrote the licence hey, that, <laughs> that was the good old days. The good old days. Jeepers. Right. Okay. Yes. He was... Uh I was going to say, he's going to say, give you more than a talking to, but hey, got the license from it. That's that's how it was, I guess. And stuff, yeah. Yeah, so um, that's that's many years ago now, um, obviously. So I, after that, Morris Minor, I think I, I had an Anglia, which... Oh, um, I know an Anglia. My mum had one of those. Yeah, that was... Uh, I. It was 
slightly modified with beefed up suspension and a bit of a free flow exhaust, I think, and a, a downdraft Weber oh. carburetor and Webers. And that um, that's not factory standard. Yeah, that was the first car I competed in um, in hill climbs and things. Ah. I actually raced it at the last um, Tahuna Beach race they had. Oh wow! The, the very last year, so the very last year. So tell us a bit about your racing career then. Uh, well, I <clears throat> I guess after the um, Anglia, I. I think I swapped that for a motorbike, but um, the next car I got to race was a Mark One Escort. I brought a standard 1300cc um, car and slowly converted it as I could afford to um, into yep. a, um, a rally car and so started off oh. doing hill climbs and, and rallies. Because Mark One Escorts were like killer rally cars, as not as in what they do to the passengers but and how good they were and how they did on on you know many european and nationals kind of circuits yeah yeah mark ones were the start of it i guess mark twos were really the ultimate um but yeah <clears throat> mine was a mark one um and not i think I, I ended up with a single ovid cam two liter ford motor in that car right which I developed um, over time to produce some reasonable uh, power and speed. So, <laughs> And um, you were rallying that locally or all around the country as well? Uh, the South Island rallies, I guess, South Christchurch Island. and Blenheim, Nelson was sort of the top of the south at that time for me. Okay. That, that, I did have a crash. Well, I had several crashes in that car, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> what, what ended that car's uh, career or was um, <clears throat> the, in the Blenheim Rally, I managed to have a head-on crash with um, Brian Stokes, of all people. If you, He was um, a young guy from Christchurch, and we were both doing reasonably well, and I think we started off at 6th or 7th, and the front guys broke down or fell off the road, right. and so... We were first and second on the road, and at lunchtime I said to Brian, "Oh, do you want to go first on the road?" Oh, because I thought he was driving on my marks, but that proved to be a mistake because he got lost and turned around and and come back and I was gonna say, crashed this is, into me. This is a rally. <laughs> you're you're supposed to be going off in time stages and in the same direction. You're not. But yes, he got lost. Yeah, well, it wasn't. He got lost, and um, I guess. Uh, yeah, made a mistake. If you get lost, you should just stop. And cheapest, but you had a head up. That sound mm, nasty. So, so yeah, did it um, wreck the front of the car? So that was the end of that car. Hopefully, it didn't wreck anything. Well, it didn't wreck anything more because you're still with us, which is very good. But yeah, that must have been a bit scary on the. Yeah, I think I had a broken bone in my hand, and um, my brother was co-driving. He had a broken uh, knee. Knee. Aye, aye, aye. So there's a wee bit of carnage. Oh dear. Oh dear! But um, so, how how successful were you? Were well, if you were first and second, you were obviously doing or second. Yeah, well, doing pretty we, well. Yeah, like I said, the first three or so fell off the road or broke down. Right. So that was sort of where we got to in that stage of that. Yeah, and I think um, <clears throat> after that, I went to Australia for a few years. So. Um, work hard and put a bit of money behind me and um, when I returned 
to Nelson many years later I um, I eventually built a, another rally car this time a, a Triumph TR8 I guess you'd call it, it was a oh, TR7 right. with a V8 with a V8 was that before Leyland put the V8 in them kind of thing uh, no no that <coughs> was it it was after it was, it was like after. Okay. a bit of a classic build I suppose for right the, the modern cars were probably four-wheel drives and things ah, at yeah, that stage yeah, yeah. but I <clears throat> I guess I always um when I had the Escort I quite liked um Trevor Crowe's V8 Avenger and things so I ah. always fancied having a, a V8 on the gravel wow so you, and you built these yourself yeah well I guess um my co-driver Mark Dalton he was a mechanic at um at our, in our construction business and and he he did most of the building so have you still got any of these <coughs> or ah uh, yep I've still got the the Triumph and and undercover in the shed oh. and uh, it needs a motor put back in it I think I was going to say do any of these ever come out on the auto, on the uh, autocross circuit at all or Oh no, no that, not not that one. Not that one. That's too good for that. <clears throat> yeah, no, I guess we campaigned that car for ten years, I suppose, and um, got it developed pretty well. So managed um, to win the Otago Classic Rally one year, and oh. also when they ran a historic rally behind the um, WRC round in the North Island, we. Um, had two attempts at that the second time we we managed to win that look at that that's that's quite a significant right so you've done all this serious rally racing stuff that i didn't even know about so that's that all fits in more (coughs) in with a picture of kahatu park as well and yeah i guess so so that was quite some years ago and i guess the older you get the faster you were (laughs) 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 Ah. but since um I didn't, uh, well, I guess when the motor expired and the Triumph, although I had another one there, we gave up on that project because a friend of mine um, had found me a, another car to um, to build, which we went on with. I think the last, one of the last um, rallies we did in the Triumph was uh, an early um, Silver Fern rally. So right. that's, um, you've heard of that one? Those? I've heard of it. I'm not sure... <clears throat> what that entails where exactly so that's a, a gravel two-wheel drive event really was what it's based on and it's over a week so you drive all oh, right for a week so it's like a a one-day rally is probably 80 to 140 kilometers of yeah. special stages and um well a silver ferns seven of those seven days wow. of a week of it so so that sounds like something like the rac rally in the uk where they do it over probably well getting on for a week i think with them yeah, yeah it's quite a marathon event so um yeah so driver and car have to be <coughs> really well prepared and really focused for yeah so um after we had one attempt at the at that in the triumph <coughs> we um like i said a friend of mine found me a bmw um shell and car with um, running gear that was suitable so we, um, we we built that car up and, and had a couple of goes with that not with great success it yeah, had a few issues as far as um, 
not lasting, the distance for you know bolts falling out and suspension right. coming loose. So, so are you saying here that a, a British car is more reliable than a German car? <laughs> I think well, that must be the conclusion. Well, well, no, the Triumph it didn't quite make it um, the full distance. Uh, without its seat of dramas to it sort of caught fire at one stage oh that's a minor thing yeah that's a minor thing it was oh dear <coughs> right so, so that would be a like a bmw 3 series would it or yeah it's uh um well it was a 2005 oh, um, right, okay e46 shape e40, yeah so okay. it's a genuine m3 csl so they only oh right okay that's a serious made 1500 of them and bmw new zealand imported this car as a driver training car and unfortunately um i think the guy had it at manfield and decided to take it out after hours and managed to um take the front left suspension out of it so it was was um wrecked i suppose at that stage for a, a road car for a road car and then I think a European car wrecker brought it up north and was going to make it into some sort of project for a race car or something, but didn't get round to it and then then you wanted did, to sell you it did. on. Right. Mm. Yeah, no, it was, well, any like CSL M3, they're seriously collectible. Mm. Um, yeah, so carbon quick fiber pieces roof of kit. Yeah. Wow. Quite, yeah, it's quite a nice, nice thing. It, um, <clears throat> I guess they claim it's lightweight and stuff with all the carbon fibre bits but I think factory weight it's still 780 kilograms or something right. 1780 yeah so it's 1.7 tonne and we stripped it out to try and make it lighter but by the time you put all the safety frames and okay. things in it it's about the same weight I would expect I suspect your <coughs> Mark 1 Escort would weigh a lot less than that back in the day yeah so Typically, escorts, quick, but. <laughs> escorts are probably a thousand kg to maybe eleven hundred. Okay. Some, ex, you know, extremely light ones might be a bit lighter. Okay. Wow, that's yeah, that's quite some, quite some history behind <clears throat> you. you. Must be pretty skilled on the track and off the track, I suspect, at driving and stuff. Oh, not probably not so much nowadays i guess it's something that you have to keep at you know to to be on the uh, on the ball on the ball but well yeah i don't yeah. I imagine you've still got i don't know yeah i'm sure if you hit a patch of ice on the road you'd be able to steer nicely through it still, and still. <clears throat> depends on how thick the ice is <laughs> i can remember one occasion i embarrassed myself with my wife and my youngest uh, son when he was only probably about seven or eight and we were driving on the other side of the Dovedale Hill and in the winter and of right. course there's places over there where it, it never sees it gets the very sun, frosty never sees the sun yeah, yeah. and the uh, the road for 20 or so metres was just ice <clears throat> and um, I made the mistake of uh, explaining to my wife and my youngest son you know that cars slide and how you could um you, you know you easy to control them right yeah, just yeah. turn into the skid and stuff so uh-huh. i um 
promoted a bit of rear steer with the handbrake and oh deliberately right yeah yep. and consequently then the car shot completely out of control no matter what <laughs> i did and slid sort of basically straight off into the berm there was much <laughs> squawking and <laughs> a few of you so sometimes um ice is no matter how good you think you are not not controllable uh, i thought you were a rally driver dad <laughs> Yeah, not not quite so good that time. Not quite so good that time. Oh, that's a good story. That's a good story. Um, so what 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 is it you you like about driving? Then what 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 about the whole driving thing has motivated you to keep doing that? Um, well, I I guess that I like the way the you become or well, the car becomes part of you if mm-hmm. you like. So you it's not only the what you see and do with your hands but the whole your whole body sort of senses what's happening and i think that's um when you sort of can become one with the the car it's a that's sort of the ultimate and and you drive by the feel of it as much as anything yeah and i I would imagine a lot of that you you can only really do that when you are racing or pushing it on or rallying yeah yeah i guess you you know, if you if you get familiar with your car and and those sorts of circumstances, then you can sort of you can tell instantly if your tyre's gone a bit flat or or the tread's worn off the back a bit. You know. Okay, so you can just feel how the change of handling or responsiveness yeah. or. Well, you can just. Well, I, I don't know my rally cars and things. When the tyres go off, I can I can feel the back step out another six or ten inches. You know. Okay. I, you know, I'd say to the co-driver at that stage will the tires have just uh, have gone of worn so you then you obviously you you need to apply the right foot just a bit more gently right yeah but it's at that whole feeling and knowledge of being at one okay and so you're, you're a manual gearbox guy <coughs> even today um well certainly was in the triumph i guess the um the bmw has a um it's got both modes so you if you grab the stick, it's manual, and you can All right. flick it sideways, and it's an automatic. So, yeah, I, I tend to just use the automatic on the touring stages, and, and when you're driving it hard, it's use use the manual side of things. Ah, okay, that's that, is that clutchless manual thing then, or um, well, it's only got two pedals: a brake pedal and okay, an accelerator, yeah. but it's got a clutch, and the the computer works that. The computer works that, yeah. So it's not one you work and stuff, but. <coughs> Okay, so you're you're no, I'll I'll I will drive it if it's kind of a sequential or a mm. tiptronic thing. Still being able to feel what it's doing. Yep. yep. Yeah, I I, well, I quite like the sequential side of um, you know just going up or down with, with the gear yeah. levers rather than the old H pattern. <laughs> ah, <coughs> but that's good. Either or, it's it's all good. So what? don't you like about driving or what's the worst driving habit you're prepared to admit to or that maybe others that you see in others sort of thing <clears throat> well the most frustrating thing for me i think um when driving on the road uh is <clears throat> when you come up you catch up to someone because obviously <clears throat> you're traveling a bit faster than them because mm-hmm. you carry your corner speed at 100 k's through the corners and things um is is striking a car in front of you that um 
doesn't carry their corner speed so they, they'll go around the corners at 75 k's or 80 and then get to a straight piece where if they continue to that speed, speed you'd pass them within the legal speed limit and everything um, but they then speed up to that uh-huh. and then when they get to a passing lane they'll do 110 and uh, I think it's speed up yeah, okay yeah. yeah so people I think it's a natural habit um, the side friction sort of you know yeah slows people down so if it's a narrow road they go slower if there's yeah. corners they go slower and on a straight bit of road they speed up it's yeah. they may not have the confidence to get around the corners or think or feel <coughs> like the car's gonna you know but, go well around it, the corner that's fine people should yeah. drive at the speed they're comfortable with but yeah. they should acknowledge i suppose you know if someone comes up behind them they're obviously traveling faster so it doesn't take much to I do that if someone comes up behind me in the mirror I just the first opportunity I get I just lift Let my foot off past, and yeah. pull to the left a bit and they go past and then yeah. you just go at the speed you're comfortable to, with yeah. so no you know no there's no frustration or anything that that's the habit that I don't like in others I suppose um, <laughs> yeah I don't, I'm not sure probably um what do I, uh, I? I probably get a bit bored sometimes driving in normal open road conditions at 100k. Yes, I suppose. Well, with your skills and <coughs> background, I can probably imagine that a bit. But yeah. But mind you, New Zealand, compared to some other countries, has some pretty interesting roads in terms of, you know, it's not straight for 100 kilometres kind of thing. There's always, yeah. Pretty good driving roads on, on the whole, unless you're going from Christchurch <coughs> to Ashburton, which is pretty dull. But hey, yeah, I guess as far as corners goes, that's correct. But I think um, perhaps the surface conditions not quite what it used ah, to be yes. nowadays. Yes, yes, there is always that challenge of the road surface and being chopped up and. Mm, I think um, I'm, I'm not sure if um, all the the taxes collect for road users and off the fuel get put back put into back it. into the regions they come from and into um, if they collect it off the cars and trucks whether they go actually back to the roads for the cars and trucks I think there's perhaps siphoned off for cycleways or different things ah well yes there are, there are a lot of road users I guess more road users now maybe but we'll see We'll see. We've only got 10, we've got less than 10 minutes left and I haven't got through anything like the question sets that I was going to, but that's cool because we've talked about lots of other stuff. So I'm going to jump on to worst car ever driven. Worst car ever driven. Um, <clears throat> I think that would have to have been um, not necessarily the car, but the way it was set up and that would have been a Nissan Silvia S15. My son um, brought one. It was didn't wasn't the turboed model. It was just the standard model, but it was done up like a boy racer's car. It had like okay. profile tires about as thick as your th- sidewalls, as thick as your thumb, <laughs> and um, every piece of gravel really low. Out. So the mudguard sort of hung over the edge of the tire. Oh, yeah. So that meant it had no suspension travel. Oh, okay, and um, I drove that somewhere down the road once for him and and it it just handled horribly it it just it, oh, it's terrible Sylvia's are supposed to be good well they would be but I think if you um 
have them too low and with no suspension movement it's, it's they just, just track all over the road and and it might know, look good but it doesn't yeah, drive well, good yeah so i think i'd i'd sooner have something that handled and drove well rather than a um something that looked the part and didn't <laughs> yeah Okay, so that's probably the first and only Nissan Silvia we'll ever have of someone saying is that's the worst car I've ever driven. What about the best car ever driven? The best car I've ever driven? Well, I don't know. I haven't really got a, a favourite. I I quite... Um, yeah, I'm not, uh, yeah I don't, I'm not sure. I can't really name one. <laughs> I've, um, I've enjoyed all the cars he I've do, driven. He doesn't want to upset any of them. No, no, I mean, they've all got their place and, um, you know, it depends on the use, of course, doesn't it? I it suppose. does, yes. And and probably what mood you're in and, yeah. Yeah. What you're up to, but, yeah. Okay. That's all right. You don't, you don't have to have a best one. I'd just be very surprised if you said TR7, but, hey, <laughs> who knows? Yeah, I had a lot of fun on the TR8. A lot of fun. Oh, TR8, of course, yes. Be quite keen to get that out again. It's the TR7, I... I think I've got a an old standard model, and that's not very nice to drive because of the suspension needs, um, uh, you know, needs new new shock absorbers in it, sort of bit bouncy. Right, right, yeah. No, because yeah, the TR7 didn't do very well for Triumph or Leyland, did it? But um, who knows? Okay, so he likes he likes he likes them all as long as they drive well and handle well. That's good. What about unlimited budget? What car would you go for? Well, there again, I don't know that I've got a particular favourite. I think I'd play the field there. I'd, okay. I'd probably want to um, have a look at all the prestige ones and um, and sample them all and then pick one from there. Okay. Have you got anything that you think might you know, be in the top three for you? Well, I was lucky enough a year or two ago to um, go through the the road and car um, factory, well, the workshop, I suppose, not a factory as such, down in Waiau. Do you know David no. Dicker's setup? No. You need to um, have a look, or if you get the opportunity to certainly go there. He's, he's uh, um, I think he's an Australian um, million or billionaire that set up a, a um, car building complex he's built his own racetrack and um, his objective is to build a road going car that's faster than a formula one what so it's you google it sometime you have a look what's the name again david david dickers david dickers road and cars road and cars yeah so his we were lucky enough to go through the car wasn't running at that stage but he had um the body shell sitting there we weren't allowed to take pictures or anything um i think it's got like a 650 horsepower cosworth motor and and he made everything the body shell suspension parts you know the it's amazing um workshop he's got he had um 3d printers that printed suspension parts out of titanium so you'd look in through this little glass and see this wee spark, like a tiny welder zipping around, and and after I don't know how many hours, but it would come out there'd be a, a full suspension arm made out of titanium. Mm. He cut one in half to show us that it had all honeycomb sort of titanium uh, inside it. Which man, how expensive is that printer cartridge? 
Yeah. <laughs> I'd imagine it'd be a fair bit. But, um, yeah, so that, that'd be an interesting car. I'd, I'd definitely have a, a look at those. I'll play with that. Mm. Wow. It's a, a Formula One car that you can take on the road, in theory. <laughs> well, in theory. I don't know if he's got it road legal yet, but um, yeah. he's certainly got the car. It's been around the tracks in bits and pieces. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can get you to name a road on this one then. Best road ever driven. <laughs> Best road ever driven. Best road ever driven. Your favourite driving road. Cool, blimey. Um, now, who do you upset? Who do I upset? <laughs> um, gee whiz. Uh, well, it would have to be a gravel road somewhere, and there's been that many Good of point. them. I, I can't remember the particular one. but um, The one you stayed on. <laughs> the one I stayed on. You know, I hopefully stay on most of them. Oh, it depends on the condition of a gravel road too. You see, it. if it's um, well maintained and graded and slicked off and smooth, that's that's probably would be good. Um, yeah, I, I can't think of one Is off the that, top. Okay, of my head, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. I can imagine you go looking at so where where are Waka Kotahi doing their roadworks or the answer? Oh, I'll go. I'll go and try. I'll go and try there. You got the name wrong there, didn't you? Did I? Isn't it Fokati Car Tire? They brush up the gut. Yes. Well, well, while they were doing um, the Kaikoura roads, they were unsealed for an awful long time. Were they they right? But yes. But I think you were you were only allowed to do thirty. Not definitely not put the back out there. <laughs> Definitely not put the back out. Um, so any good unsealed road that's a kind of rally road, that's that's what... That's yeah, what I you, guess. That's where it's your happy place. Yes, yeah. That's your happy place. Great. Well, um, Gary, we're just about out of time now, so thank you ever so much for all your contributions and telling us your history, and um, I wish you all the best with Kahatu Park and the developments, and hopefully more of that will come to fruition in time yeah well you keep an eye out when the car club have their um order cross on i think they oh, yeah. advertise it on their facebook page and stuff page, right. so come up and i'm sure you'd you'd get to have, have a drive around the track yeah i'd be i would be tempted i definitely would be tempted what condition the car would come back in after i'd finish with it who knows but uh that <laughs> does that does sound good fun so uh Thank you to Gary Adcock there of Kohatu Park. We have been Drive Alive here on Fresh FM. We will be back in two weeks' time where um, we're hoping to have a special Christmas quiz. So, uh, yeah, swat up on your car transport questions. Uh, I probably won't be taking it too seriously. But that will be in two weeks' time, uh, December the 14th, is it? Something like that, I think. Anyway, thank you to MPG Fuels for fueling us. And thank you to listening to the show. Drive safely out there. The podcast you just listened to was a live recording of a radio show. First broadcast on Fresh FM, the Top of the South's community access media station, with support from New Zealand On Air. The funding of Access Media makes these podcasts possible. To find similar programs by other community access media stations, go online to accessmedia.nz. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. 
Visit our website, freshfm.net, for our contact details.